Hi, you're listening to Ready to Scale, the second season of That Really Happened. This season is focused on APS of real estate, asset, process, and strategy. Each guest on the show will reveal the assets they're investing and why they chose to do so. From multifamily to industrial, self-storage, mobile home parks, and more. Then, they'll uncover the processes, tools, and systems they've used to build multi-million dollar businesses. And finally, they'll uncover new, unique, and exciting strategies to invest in real estate. From co-working to buy and hold, fix and flips, co-living, and much, much more. Now let's get the show started. Hey guys, I'm Ellie Perlman with a special edition of Ready to Scale for you today. Now let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to another special edition of Ready to Scale. And because of coronavirus and the crazy reality that we all live today, I've decided to have an extra episode every week and talk a little about you know, what I'm seeing in the market, share some of the tips and kind of talk about what, what's going on from an investor's point of view. So today I want to talk to you about negotiation tactics during an economic crisis And basically, you know, for those who don't know me, I started my career as a commercial real estate lawyer. And so I have experience negotiating contracts. And then in addition, you know, today I'm a multifamily syndicator. So I'm buying properties and buying multifamily properties with investors. And part of my job is to negotiate those contracts. So I know it's a very, very confusing time. And often people ask me, are you still looking for deals? And if you do find a deal, How do you negotiate? What do you do today to make sure that these deals are going to work? And that's what I want to talk with you about today. So the first tactic, and it sounds a little bit vague, but I'm going to explain, is to be creative. And being creative is extremely, extremely important, specifically today, in today's market. So I always say, don't be afraid. Don't let fear guide you and don't let fear control you. But you do have to be smart. There's a lot of uncertainty today and uncertainty should be priced, but when you don't know what you don't know, you don't know how uncertain things are going to be, it's really hard to put a price tag on any deal. And so part of being creative is trying to mitigate the risk and to lower the uncertainty. One very creative solution, and that was done also back in 2008, is called collection guarantee. So collection guarantee, it's basically a way for any buyer to be compensated if rent collections is dropping below a certain level. So what you can do, you can basically look at the last three or six months and basically calculate the average collections, meaning what's the average money in the bank that the property is collecting and basically tell the seller, okay, I'm willing to move forward. However, let's say the average, the six months or three months average is $100,000 per month. If after signing on the purchase and sale agreement and closing the deal, the collections are going to drop, let's say below 90,000, or you can also say below 100,000, below the exact average, then I'm going to be compensated. You're going to make me whole for the money that I'm going to lose. And the seller can put that money in an escrow account. And so whenever, let's say a month after closing, all of a sudden collections are dropping from 100K to let's say $80,000, then the gap would be paid from that escrow account. 
And you can do that with or without an interest. I know some deals have closed with the same basically structure for three to five months. And some of them were for 18 months, but those longer periods of collection guarantee basically were available because the buyer was willing to pay the seller, I think it was four and a half or 5% interest rate, which is not cheap, but it, that's just another way of, of doing it. That's another structure. And the importance of getting the collection guarantee is because in order to understand the price, investors are using a very simple formula. And the formula goes, basically, it's, it goes like this. You take the NOI, which is net operating income, which is a fancier way of saying, how much am I netting before I pay the mortgage? So you take the income and subtract expenses, and that number is your NOI. So from this NOI, it's basically NOI over price, and that gives you a cap rate. Now, a cap rate is something that we have no control over. It's the market forces, supply and demand, and, and basically that's that's basically what is given to us. And I believe the average, and I'm recording May 17th, the average cap rate in the US for multifamily is about five and three quarters. That is being dictated by the market. Then the net operating income depends, you know, it changes from one property to another. And the last piece of the puzzle is the price. And so if the NOI drops because collections drop, then the price should be lower. And that's why collection guarantee is basically one way of minimizing the uncertainty and making you whole as a buyer if you're willing to take that risk. Now, another way of being creative is basically to prolong the due diligence period. So there was a lot more uncertainty two months ago when basically we didn't know if we can get into apartments, what it would take because we didn't want to spread COVID or, or get infected by COVID. And so basically prolonging the due diligence is a way to go to the seller and say, hey, Mr. Seller, we want to move forward. We want to purchase the property, but we might need an extra 30, 45, 60 days because if we have shelter in place orders, then we can't really have our people get into the units and actually perform a thorough due diligence. And so that's one way of being creative and one way of basically extending that period without being penalized. Now, the last part of being creative is basically to request or to demand actually lower or no hard money. Basically hard money in some markets does not exist. In, in several markets, hot markets, you know, Texas, Florida, Georgia, in core markets like San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, maybe not so much now New York, but usually there's hard money, which means once you sign on the contract, you put, could be 100K, could be half a million dollars and even a million dollars in many cases. And that's kind of an unrefundable deposit and not going when, it basically it's going hard at some point, meaning if you as the buyer cannot conclude the transaction and cannot basically finish the transaction, finish the due diligence on time, or you can't come up with the money or you're not eligible for financing, guess what? It's hard money, meaning it's you're not going to get it back and the seller is getting that money and you can basically get out of the contract, but that's your penalty. And so part of being creative is saying this environment is so unpredictable, so changing that 
it doesn't make sense to have hard money or ba- or even lower the hard money deposit. And that's gonna, gonna give you as the buyer some peace of mind that you're mitigating your risk of losing some money. Now, a second tactic, and that's what I learned in business school and in law school, and it's actually pretty important, is to think about all the possible pushbacks from the seller any pushback whatsoever, if you're asking for collection guarantee, if you're asking for a reduced price, if you're asking for anything that you think would be an issue, be prepared with an answer and a solution. And that's extremely important because you don't want to be caught off guarded. You want to make sure that you understand how the seller, how the other side thinks and come up with explanations, with an answer and with solutions to anything that they might say. So for instance, if the seller is going to push back on collection guarantee, you can explain, listen, the way that I come up with the price that's based on the income. If income drops, then I'm actually buying a property that is worth less than it is right now. And so explaining your state of mind and explaining why you're doing things could be one solution, but always try and be on the other side, try and see yourself from the other side of, of the table. What would be their state of mind? What would be their pushbacks? What would they not want to do? And be prepared to discuss those things. So you can talk with your lawyer about several options, but mainly the main thing is be prepared to answer those pushbacks. Now, a third tactic is basically to learn the market and learn and really know what's going on in the market. And this podcast is part of it, part of that tactic. So basically, when you make an offer or when you're negotiating on a reduction of price, you really want to rely on external sources, external forces. And basically, based on this tactic, you're not just, it's not, you know, something that you said on a whim and it's, it doesn't come only from your own desires, but it's what's happening in the market. And when you point out to an external source, then it's much harder to push back. I'll give you a simple example, because I know it might sound a little bit vague. When someone is looking for a job and they say, Hey, I, I want a certain salary, then many times the employer is going to ask, why are you requesting such high salary? Then doing the market research and pointing out to the average salary in your market of someone with your experience, that's a lot harder to dispute and a lot harder to push back against because it's not you. This is what the market is dictating. And as a side note, when you do that, never be the first one to talk about about the price when it comes to finding a new job. But this is maybe a good topic for another, a whole nother episode. But what I'm trying to say is basically looking for other market validation, third-party validation. That's going to be extremely important because you want to make sure that you have the right resources that you can refer the, the seller to. And that would make it a little bit harder to push back against. So that's the third tactic. Now, the fourth and last tactic, and it's this is good in any market, is to always ask why the seller is selling. You really want to understand what's fueling their, their needs, what's fueling their decision, and focus on that. 
And I'll explain why it's so important. So if you think that the seller only wants the highest price, you might be pressured to offer a little bit more than what you feel comfortable with. But if the seller actually needs the money because and you know, they're selling the property because their main business, let's say they own a bunch of real estate and a restaurant and he needs to cash up for the restaurant, he might be selling because he needs the money to pay for his other asset, for his other businesses. And so in that case, speed is really important for the seller. So understand why the seller is selling and what they're going to do with the money is really important because if you can basically guarantee that you'll close, if you can and feel comfortable with closing faster and earlier than others, then that means you can basically get the deal and the seller is going to be more flexible on other things that normally he wouldn't be. It's extremely, extremely important to know what's the source of the motivation for the seller because you want to understand what's going on in their mind what's driving their decisions and their reactions and that would be the fourth and last tactic so there are a lot of other strategies and tactics when it comes to contract negotiation these are the main ones that I've been using and I found them extremely extremely helpful and I hope that they were helpful for you as well and remember, never sign on anything unless you feel comfortable. But there are deals to be, you know, there are good deals out there. You just need to be patient. You need to be conservative. You'll find them and use those tactics in order to get you the best deal possible. Hope you guys are doing okay. Take care. I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.